Take your Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We are trying to memorize some scripture. We are working on some scripture out of Philippians chapter 1. I trust it's been an encouragement to you as you have thought through these verses. As I said, we are going to work our way through verse 11, but here we have verses 9 and the first part of of 10, and I trust it's been an encouragement to you. Let's read the verses together. We'll start with the reference, Philippians 1, 9 and 10. We'll read the verses, and then we will finish with the reference. Here we go. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. And... So that you may approve what is excellent. Philippians 1, 9, and 10. Keep working on these verses. We're going to work on them for a couple more weeks. And then we're going to add the last part of verse 10 and verse 11. And I trust it's going to be an encouragement to you. God's Word is practical. It works. Now, sometimes there is this divine tension in our lives where we look around and wonder where God is. And we wonder what God is doing. But we do know, according to Romans chapter 8, that all things work together for good. All things. Say that with me, will you please? All things. All things. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose that we might be conformed to His Son, Jesus Christ. And even when there's tension in life, even when there are circumstances that do not seem to make sense, we can have the assurance that God is doing something for our good and for His glory. We can know that God's Word, which is truth, will make a difference in our lives. Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. You, however, now stop right there. Look down at verse 14, will you please? But as for you. So Paul is now writing to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy that something is different in his life. And what is that difference? Look down at verse 1 of chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, Avoid such people. Verse 10, but as for you. Verse 14, but as for you, something ought to be different in your life. And here it is. Back to verse 10, please. You, however, have followed my teaching. Now, Paul is going to list nine things. Teaching is the first. You followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. My persecutions and suffering that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, 
and at Lystra with persecutions. I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped to every good work. As for you, all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. The Word of God is practical in our lives. It makes a difference. It works. You look around and you see the culture and you think nothing is going to affect the culture. The Word of God will. Because the Word of God will touch our lives and will give to us stability as we seek to live in a way that pleases God for His honor and for His glory. So I want you to know today, I better get this right side up, that it is the Word of God that is practical. It's profitable. And this all starts with Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, the word inspiration means God-breathed. From the mouth of God. We could go to Peter and we would find where holy men of God were moved as they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. And it is how God communicates to us. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Hebrews said, in the last days, God's communicated to us through His Son. But then Peter tells us that it was holy men of God whom the Holy Spirit used to communicate to us the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. It is from the mouth of God. It is exhaled, and we can depend upon it, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I want you to note that that which we have in our hands is different from any other volume that was ever written. I want you to note that this book is truth because it comes from a holy, sovereign God. I want you to note that this book can make a difference in our lives because it is God-breathed. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. There was a supernatural influence, an influence of the Holy Spirit that came upon the Scripture writers which rendered their writings an accurate record of revelation resulting in what they actually wrote being the actual words of God. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that this morning? But not only is the Scripture inspired, the Scripture is also given to us in an infallible means. 
It is the infallible word of God. Now, many times when we think of infallible, we think without error. And that is part of it. But I want you to know this morning that infallible means it cannot have error. It's not only without error, it can't have error. Because if it could, it wouldn't be the word of God. We have the infallible word of God. Now, sometimes you will hear that we believe that the word of God is verbally and plenarily inspired. Verbal means the very words. The very words are from God. Plenary means the whole thing, cover to cover, from Genesis 1 clear through the maps. It's all given to us by inspiration of God, without error, cannot have error, because it is the Word of God. Well, some will say, well, that just kind of applies to the original manuscripts. Can I say something just very quickly about translations? Now, as you think about translations, you think about the texts that we have today. Now, you understand that Paul's original letter to Timothy does not exist. We do not have the letter written in Paul's hand to Timothy. What we do have is manuscripts or copies of that letter. And there are some 10,000 pieces of Scripture that we have, either complete copies or fragments. The last of which that were discovered were the Dead Sea Scrolls, and you're familiar with those. Now, there are two types of thought that go into translating the book that you have on your laps today or in your iPad or wherever you have it today, all right? And as we think about text, we think, first of all, about the majority text, the Texas receptive, the received text. Okay? Now, the majority text is simply this. The translators have taken all of the fragments that we have of Scripture, and what the majority of those fragments say is what they use to translate the Word of God. Okay, the King James was translated from the received text, the Texas Receptor, the majority text. The English Standard Version that some of you are using, that I'm using, was translated from the majority text. And that was the translation philosophy that was used. The other is the minority text. Now, the minority text goes back to the earliest copy that they can find. And the thought process is, what is closest to the original is the best. The nestle text is part of the minority text. The critical text is what that is called. You'll say, well, how do I know what I got is the word of God? There is only a half a percent difference between the two. And the reason we know that it is the word of God is because what we believe in in the preservation of Scripture I want you to get this. A sovereign God is able to protect and keep his word. Amen? A sovereign God is able to pass down to mankind his truth. 
And that which we have written in English language today can be depended upon to be the Word of God. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, that ought to make somebody say glory. I mean, really, right? This is the Word of God. It is the inspired, infallible, verbally, plenarily Word of God preserved so that we might know what God has to say to us. I think that's great. Thank you. I am thankful that the Bible stands, aren't you? Remember that old hymn? The Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the rage. How many of you know that hymn? All right, Eunice. This was new to Eunice this morning. Boy, I pulled one out last week that was new to Judy. I pulled one out this week that's new to Eunice. If you know it, sing it. The Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the rage. Wait a minute here. Whoa, whoa, we're not doing so well. Can you play it for us, and I'll read the words, and we'll, we'll learn it. Can you do this, Eunice? Both stands like a rock undaunted mid the raging storms. Well, that's a different tune than I know. And I pulled that out of a hymn book, not ours. Wait a minute. Well, this isn't working out the way I thought it was going to work out. <laughs> you, you ever get halfway through something and say, boy, I should have done that? I think I'm there. All right. Let's read the words. <laughs> this is an old hymn, and that's an old tune that I don't know. That, that tune is before me. All right. Let, let, let's read the words together, okay? Here we go. The Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the raging storms of time. Its pages burn with the truth eternal, and it glow with the light sublime. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand. I shall plant my feet on its firm foundation, for the Bible stands. That's not so hard, all right? Can we do another stanza? All right, here we go. The Bible stands every test we give it, for its author is divine. By grace alone, I expect to live it and to prove it and make it mine. Now the chorus. The Bible stands, though the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation, for the Bible stands. Amen? Amen. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints of discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible stands. The Bible is the sword of the Spirit, identified as the Word of God. The Bible is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. That's the Bible. And I want you to know that that which God has given to us can be trusted. Because it came from the very mouth of God. I want to very quickly this morning share with you three purposes 
that the Word of God has for our lives. The first purpose of this, salvation. The primary purpose of the Word of God is to show us how we can have a relationship with God. Now we read it here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to turn back a page to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul writes to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Back to chapter 3, please. Verse 15, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Romans tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it is this book that reaches into our lives that tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is this book that helps us understand that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This book tells us that God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the Bible tells us that for many have received him, Jesus Christ, to them are given the privilege to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen? The Bible is good for salvation. And without the Word of God, we wouldn't know how to have a relationship with God. Moses, as he wrote Deuteronomy chapter 6, said that we are to teach the Word to our children. We're to teach them when they're walking in the way. We're to teach them when they're sitting down. We're to teach them when they're lying down and going to bed at night. We're to teach them when they're Rise up. We're, we're to teach our kids. And as you well know, Christianity is only one generation away from extinction. That's why the children's ministry is so important here at Calvary Baptist Church. That's why the Early Learning Center is so important to Calvary Baptist Church. Because we want to teach our kids. I want my kids to have a personal relationship with God. Amen? I want my kids to know that they can trust God's Word. And I want my kids to understand the reality of God working in their life. Amen? So can I encourage you parents, can I encourage you grandparents, expose your kids to the Word of God. Because you want God to impact their lives. You want it to be real to them. You don't want them to just come along on your relationship with God. Because sometime your kids are going to be out on their own and they're going to need their own personal relationship with God. And can I encourage you? To not only expose your kids to the Word of God as often as you can, but expose yourself to the Word of God? There have been a few times in my life when God has shown up and it has been evident. Oh, those are goosebump kind of times. Has that ever happened to you? 
I, I've been praying that God would show up this morning. I, I've been praying that, that God would work in our hearts today and that we would know his presence and that we would know his truth and his spirit would take that and apply it to our hearts today. Amen? I'll tell you, when God shows up, I don't want to miss it. Last Monday, I went down to Stewart's Landing in Marshall. There was a county-wide time of prayer. A number of churches were involved in that time of prayer. There were a number of prayers that were offered. We gathered together in groups of eight or ten with people I didn't know and prayed through 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear for heaven from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's a pretty good prayer, isn't it, for Calhoun County? And it was so great to gather in groups of eight or ten and share together with other believers in Christ. And the only thing that brought us together was prayer. Now, I had some other things to do Monday night. But here was my attitude. If God's going to do something in prayer, I don't want to miss it. If God's going to show up, I want to be there. And you know what? He did. Every once in a while, we'll have something here at Calvary Baptist Church that we don't spend a lot of time emphasizing or promoting or telling people about or whatever. Can I encourage you to show up anyway? God might just come. And if he does, you want to be there. Tell you what, if God shows up at Gall Lake tonight, you want to be there. And I think he's going to. Because I know some of the testimonies of the people who are going to follow the Lord in obedience to believers' baptism tonight. And you're not going to want to miss it. Salvation. Our relationship with God. That's part of the scriptures. And a practical purpose in our lives. Not only salvation, but sanctification. Progressive sanctification. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is practical for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That is progressive sanctification in our lives. Jesus said, set them apart, sanctify them through my word. My word is truth. Sanctify them through doctrine, what is right. Sanctify them through reproof, what is not right. Sanctify them through correction, how to get right. Sanctify them through instruction, righteousness. How to, that, isn't that progressive sanctification? Huh? That's it. I think it interesting, as you study the, the New Testament, you get this throughout the Scripture. If you want to study doctrines, read Romans. Romans is a great book of doctrine. You want to study reproof? Read First and Second Corinthians. Uh, you'll find out how God reproved those people because they weren't walking the way God wanted them to walk. You want to study correction? Read Galatians. I marvel that you are so soon removed from the salvation which God has given to you. 
You want to study instruction in righteousness? Read Ephesians and Colossians. Philippians is a thank you book for a gift that Paul received. This is progressive sanctification, folks. This is growing in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the practicality of the Word of God. If you want to know what to do, study God's Word. If you want to know how to do it, study God's Word. If you want to know what not to do, study God's Word. If you want to know how to keep doing what you ought to be doing, study God's Word. It's there for us. I mean, complete. There are so many books that are written today that are how-to books. I love books on leadership. I have a collection in my library on leadership. But you know, some of them contradict each other. Oh, what to do? I should have read a book on congregational singing this morning. Oh, what to do? Well, let me tell you. This book will tell you what to do. And that's progressive sanctification. That's growth in our lives. That's the practicality of maturing. You know, it's too bad that youth is wasted on the young. I wish I'd have known then what I know now. My mom, who is 90, says, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. We can know. How about them hands? Almost got it. We can know. And we can grow. And it leads us to the last one. We can show. We can serve. Notice 17. That the man of God may be complete. Child of God. Mature. Grown up. Fully developed. And doing what? Serving. Equipped to every good work. Making a difference. For the honor and glory of God. You may think I'm morbid, but I enjoy reading obituaries. I also enjoy cemeteries. And a lot of times I'll go into a cemetery and I will read tombstones, especially epitaphs on tombstones. But what I get out of obituaries. Is what people have done in their lives. What do you want somebody to write about you? Pastor Tom, he was a nice guy. He couldn't sing, but he was a nice guy. (laughs) Pastor Tom was looking good. Now you smile. But I understand there's a whole big difference between good looking and looking good, and I'm looking good. (laughs) What do you want written on your obituary? 
What do you want God to write about you? Our names are written in a book, right? Book of life. And I suspect, now this is Townsend theology, but I suspect there are other notations in that book. And the reason I suspect that is because one day we're going to be judged. And some of those things are going to have to be written down. Now, I know God's omniscient and he remembers everything and knows everything. I understand that. But I want to know what God's writing down about my life. Scripture says that I have been equipped to every good work. How am I working? What am I doing? If I'm equipped, if I have the resources, how am I using them for the glory of God? And frankly, folks, I hope you're encouraged when we share together. I hope you're growing as we share together. I hope that, may I use the word pleased? But more than all that, I want God glorified. And if that doesn't encourage you, and if that doesn't please you, so be it. I want God glorified. Amen? Because it's not about me. It's not even about Calvary Baptist Church. It's about our God. We have a great God. Amen? And it's about the practical outpouring of his word from our lives. Because all scripture, inspired scripture, infallible scripture, verbal plenary scripture, preserved scripture, all scripture is profitable. Profitable for what? Progressive sanctification, doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness. Progressive sanctification that we might be mature growing up and serving because we've been equipped for every good work. Ancient words. Hmm? Ancient words from the mouth of God. Ancient words telling us how we ought to live in this old world. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to just look into a familiar passage of Scripture. It really is. The passage of Scripture that is full of truth. Help us not to take these things for granted. Help us, Father, to recognize that every time we open the book, you show up because you're there in its pages, in its words. And so, Father, help us to go after you with such a passion, a passion to live out your truth in our lives, for your honor and your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.